Code Wins, Episode 5. Saul Maddox joins me to discuss his Happy Ninja boilerplate, which helps you get up and running with Happy quickly and easily. Along the way, we discuss Swig templates, Gulp, and of course, our favorite NodeWeb framework from Walmart Labs, Happy. Welcome to the Code Wins Podcast, where we cover leading edge web developer news and training with an emphasis on Node, JavaScript, and HTML5. My name is Jeff Barcheski, and I am here to help you navigate the winds of change. In this episode, Saul Maddox, the Poetic Ninja, joins me for a great discussion about his Happy Ninja boilerplate project. This project makes it real easy to get up and running with the Node web framework, Happy, by wiring up common things you'll want for your project and providing a nice structure for your files. The project uses Swig templates, Gulp, and a few plugins, which we discuss in more detail. If you're looking for a great way to get started with Happy or are interested in some best practices, then I think you'll enjoy this episode. The links and show notes for this podcast are available at codewinds.com slash five, as in episode five where I have all the links and keynotes from the interview, so you can refer to them later. Let's get started. Today, I am talking with Saul Maddox. He's a senior front-end developer for Novatech Solutions, and he's uh, shortly been moving to uh, Pro's Pricing, where he'll be rebuilding the customer service portal. So, hello, Saul. Hey, Jeff. How's it going? Great. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, just uh, enjoying a nice day. <laughs> Ready for a podcast. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Yeah. So yeah. So today we're uh, uh, called you so we could talk about your uh, Happy Ninja boilerplate. So uh, tell me a little about bit about what Happy Ninja boilerplate is. Um, Happy Ninja the boilerplate the is just a s- server example for people to learn off of um, from experiences that I've had. Uh, I've learned that uh, uh, open source is a great thing. I've learned a lot from other people, and I noticed uh, there weren't a whole lot of examples with the Happy uh, JS server framework. And I really I knew that was something I could contribute to. Uh, there was a personal project that I was working on, and uh, and I needed to do it. I was trying out Express instead of uh, uh, instead of the normal uh, just going stock node or uh, even doing Happy. I've tried it before, um, but I ended up switching uh, from Express to Happy or back to Happy um, once I uh, had some issues with Express. Just uh, it didn't have it wasn't very robust as much as uh, the stuff that I used. Um, I've worked with uh, Symphony two a PHP framework, and there are a lot of things that I was missing. Um, and more and more, I dove into the code with Happy uh, JS. I realized that. Uh, a lot of the things that I'd been using in previous uh, server frameworks that weren't on Node could easily be built uh, in and on the HappyJS framework. And so I, the goal was just to, one, help other people out so they could see um, how easy HappyJS is to use, but uh, on top of that, be able to solve some problems for uh, other developers that so that way they could see that Node is um, you know, a commercial product. It's not just the big guys, but you could use it for a normal website as well. So um, that was the kind of like the main goal. 
Yeah, excellent. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, when uh, when I used to use Express as well, it was it's it's quite a bit to just bolt together to get ready to really start doing the real work. And so when I tried uh, Happy, I was pretty surprised in how uh, easy it was just to kind of get get things set up and configure a few things, and you're up and going. You don't have to bring in a bunch of other modules, and and it was ready to go. And uh, and I and it sounds like that uh, your boilerplate even makes that even simpler beyond that. And so <laughs> yeah, I've uh, I've tried to make sure that there is uh, on my hurdle to learn node. Uh, there are things that uh, I had to overcome and realize. And so um, just looking at other people's boilerplates and expressing. Um, there was things that I wasn't even happy with on the on other people's boilerplates. I'm pretty picky. I think um, naming conventions is extremely important. Folder structure, these are things that you have to live with in a project. Um, and so uh, I was very confident in uh, making uh, making the decision to have a boilerplate that was uh, be able to use by other people. I spent quite a few hours just sitting on just the, little things such as like you know where the folder structure should go and naming it's uh, important you live with it <laughs> it's your code right yeah absolutely yeah that's great yeah so all those uh, hours that you put into it thinking about thinking through things and picking out the stack is just going to help other people get going so that's uh, yeah. that, that's great so i've been Go ahead. I've been helped uh, by many other people uh, and when it comes to the open source code so it's kind of like the least i could do <laughs> yeah yep. absolutely yeah i know what you mean so um, okay, so let's uh, let's let's get into the stack. So tell me a little bit about this uh, this boilerplate and what you're using. So uh, the stack is uh, it's based on Node. Um, everybody loves uh, Node, a JavaScript uh, server or framework that uh, can be used for many things. Um, but uh, Happy is great by Walmart Labs. They, that's the actual server framework. It handles a lot of features uh, that other frameworks don't handle. Um, the routing is amazing. Uh, the cache, the built-in cache options are great. Uh, the plugin system is great as well, and I have definitely taken advantage of that. Um, and for the templates, um, you have the Swig uh, templating engine. It looks a lot like HTML. Um, there's some other great ones, uh, such as Jade. Um, uh, somebody mentioned, uh, well, anyway, uh, Nunjux, I believe, is another one I've tried. Uh, but I kind of fell in love with Swig. It's We use a... Twig at work. Uh, Twig is a PHP syntax, so it, when I go home or when I'm coding on Node, uh, it's just an easy transition. Um, and so uh, when it comes to the CSS files or the framework, there a lot of people will choose Bootstrap or uh, even Foundation. I've used both. Uh, I think a person should be able to choose their own CSS framework. It's one of the nicest things about using Node is you can pick what you want. There's so many templating engines for the front end. There's, uh, you have many CSS frameworks. And a lot of boilerplates uh, kind of tie you down. I almost didn't want to put the templated in engine uh, even as Swig and just have people plug it in. But I, I thought it would be a great to have as an example starting, plate, uh, starting point. Um, and then uh, the task runner uh, to handle your assets is Gulp, Gulp.js. Um, I've tried Grunt and I've used it. Um, it, uh, I mean, it, it's great. Uh, my, I was blown away at the performance of Gulp and how easy it was to get started. Um, and it, I won't be switching back anytime soon, probably. So yeah, so that that's kind of the stack. And so um, just All to right. get started, yeah. Excellent. Okay, so 
Let's uh, let's dive into each of those a little bit more because I think those are those are great choices. So obviously, happy we we've talked about uh, on uh, podcast uh, episode two, and uh, actually now um, uh, well now we're in. I think it's uh, version three already. We've yes, uh, <laughs> yeah. The versions are going <laughs> going fast. So um, I think the, the the switch from two to three wasn't too big of a change. But uh, I actually have to go back and look at that myself and see was, what's all in there. It was pretty easy. So, yeah. Yes. Okay. Thank you, Walmart guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, anyway, the uh, um, so let's see. Okay. So happy. Uh, yeah, we talked about happy in the past. So let's talk about Swig a little bit. So. Uh, that's your, uh, you know, that's a template engine you you've chosen and you, you like, and obviously you said you can switch it out pretty easily. And I think it does make a good, good, good opportunity if you have it in there. That it makes it easy for someone to customize and take, you know, to switch to something so that where the, they at least know where to hook it in and all that. So yes. that, that makes it easy. But tell me a little bit about Swig. I actually have not used Swig, so I'd like to learn a little more about that. Okay, um, Swig uh, uses the handlebars. Um, looking feel uh, to the syntax. Um, the the number one thing that I actually really like like about Swig is the template inheritance. Um, if you actually look at the boilerplate, you can see uh, the code. Um, it's uh, it mimics the Twig syntax, which is for PHP. Um, the, I mean, the performance of it's extremely fast. Uh, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't uh, switch out for anything else, really. Um, I don't really know what to tell you besides that. <laughs> okay. Um, I've used, it has logic, a lot of logical stuff you can use, such as ifs and for loops, and um, that way for on the front end you can show things or hide things based off certain uh, parameters. So, yeah. Okay. And and so it is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a mustache-like, handlebars-like syntax, yes. I guess. Okay. And um, how does this temp- template inheritance work? So then, uh, just kind of in a nutshell, uh, what what do, what do well, you do to use that? Uh, right now, how um, you, you can some templating engines are very basic. All they are just uh, spit out you know variables. That's all it does. Almost just a print. Um, but one of the nice things you can use is uh, let's say you have a base file um, that's your. Uh, main template, and then all of those can actually use those. So you don't have to keep on reusing your code. Um, Jade's the same way, just a different syntax. Um, so I'm a huge fan of Jade for that. Um, the Swig looks like HTML, so it makes it easier. But the inheritance, uh, you can um, use includes as well as just using another in- template. So um, maybe based off of a certain situation, when a person lands on a certain page, you could actually include uh, a different uh, piece of content if something you know changes or maybe the person's logged in and so those are things that uh, are very beneficial um, for the end user as well as the developer and making it easy so you don't have to write as much okay that sounds great i'm gonna have to look at that more closely that's sounds like a great uh, great feature set all right so then after uh swig then uh we you mentioned gulp and yes. so um Let's talk about Gulp. I, I know that uh, yeah, I've used uh, Grunt in the past, and uh, one of the things I, I I thought was intriguing about Gulp was the whole streaming capability yes. that it, it can uh, adapt and react or react to changes and that. So tell me a little bit about Gulp and why you why you like it. Gulp is a task runner uh, that I'm a huge fan of because uh, you know mainly the performance, the speed uh, with uh, the plugins being or with the uh, uh, with it working on streams, it doesn't go into uh, 
the way uh, streams work, it, it handles memory a lot more efficient than just loading each file and then um, making changes and pulling it back out of memory and back into memory and uh, back and forth. And so uh, Gulp pretty much eliminates that and just uh, it's extremely performant. I, I was just baffled um, watching uh, files uh, do live reloading um, with Gulp uh, made me grin. And so um, big fan of that. Uh, the ecosystem, the plugins are great. The, there's uh, a lot of plugins already for Grunt, and that some uh, a lot of them have already been ported over to Gulp. Um, but at the same time, if you need to use uh, Grunt for whatever reason, you can actually there are uh, you can plug Grunt right into Gulp and have it run stuff. Uh, so uh, all in all, uh, Grunt and Gulp are great weapons uh, to for the for any developer. Uh, I'm just a big fan of Gulp specifically. So yeah. Yeah, that's great. I've been wanting to wanting to check out Gulp because I've heard a lot of good things, and and I really like the streaming aspect of that. And and I didn't know that you could uh, you could actually fire off some grunt from Gulp. So that <laughs> so yes. I guess if yeah. if something was missing, then you could uh, you could use that. Until, It'll be there. Yep. Until somebody creates a native one or something. But uh, yeah, that's great. So yeah, and I and I, I can imagine you know just the way things uh, by not having to like you said, buffer everything into memory and then wait till everything's done before you do the next task. I can imagine that can really speed things up. I mean, it's the whole, the whole Node.js evented model, uh, you know, that we talk about. So, yes. Okay, great. Okay. So that's Gulp. And then as for, uh, you said for a CSS framework, you mentioned on your, on your website that, uh, that would be something that a person can choose. And, and I mean, if you want to use one, you, know, you can use uh, less or SAS or something like that and plug that right into the stack. But, uh, Exactly. But the, the boilerplate doesn't uh, doesn't provide that one. That's one of those that uh, you can you can choose if you want. Yes. Okay. And so so then to get started with um, with your with your stack, then what uh, what's the process? What, what would someone do? What's a new user supposed to do to uh, to do to uh, take advantage of this? Uh, first, uh, just make sure you have Node installed on your computer. I've tested this uh, boilerplate out on uh, Windows, Linux, and Mac just to make sure that there weren't any issues. Um, but you just make sure Node is installed. Um, download the uh, GitHub repo, put it in a folder, uh, run npm install, and then run Node server, and you actually immediately it works. Um, it's uh, I, my biggest deal was making sure the barrier to entry was as low as possible so people can just get started understanding a little bit more about Happy um, as well as and kind of feel more comfortable comfortable with Node. So um, after there are um, a lot of people with Node when they're just getting started they uh, don't realize that uh, if they make any changes they need to restart the server. Uh, and so uh, it was one of the things right when I first started Node I was like wait a second where are my changes? Oh let me turn it off, turn it back on. I was like alright so now I need to have a file watcher. Um, and so uh, there's a couple out there. Um, I've used Node Supervisor. Um, I've also used uh, Nodemon. Um, or no daemon, I'm not sure how it's pronounced. Um, both of those are great uh, file watchers that'll restart your server. Um, on the Happy Ninja uh, GitHub page, you can uh, it shows you how to use Supervisor for a person who's new to Node, maybe coming from PHP. Um, they can uh, try it out and have the server running and reload every time they do a change. So, okay, great. So that. Uh... So just by firing that up, then it'll uh, it'll watch changes and uh, and uh, rerun things and restart the server and everything. So that's great. Yep. Okay. So then once you've got this uh, uh, ready to run, then uh, well, first I guess let's let's go into your uh, your uh, structure a little bit. So what uh, what do we have in the boilerplate and what uh, where things go? 
So um, there are mainly two primary folders uh, in your server um, for a, a Happy Ninja boilerplate. Uh, you have your public and you have your server. Um, I'm a big fan of them being separate because they really are separate. I've seen in uh, many other frameworks, a little bit older, uh, uh, that uh, you know the public folder was deep down into it. And uh, for a front-end guy who's going into work uh, on your project, it, you know, it's like, wait a second, I don't need to know your, all of your all your stuff. Let me go ahead and just play around with the public stuff, the HTML, the CSS, the JavaScript. Um, and so I, I do believe those should be completely separate. Um, so in your, in your main folder, you have your public and your server. There is a temporary folder. Uh, if you have, uh, maybe you're using the CSS preprocessor SAS, you can have uh, it dump uh, some temporary files into um, that folder. Uh, right now, there are logs um, use, um, using uh, Happy's logging system, um, it, the logs are getting spit out into the temp folder. So if you want to see kind of how your server's been going, you know, you can uh, check that out. Um, but uh, there's a main uh, server file that you can just uh, run, um, and uh, that'll pull up all the, and that's actually in the base directory. Um, inside the server, you have uh, a couple things. Um, Public's pretty easy. Those are your base front-end stuff. But the server you have, a configure folder, the controllers, um, your models, and your views. Um, and so you'd keep those separate um, just to make it easy. The, the models actually end up getting uh, pulled in automatically um, based off of the route or uh, based off of... Uh, Sorry, your controllers get pulled in. All of your controllers get pulled in um, from the config your routes configure file. Um, so you don't have to specifically pull in each controller individually. Um, and so, uh, but uh, so that you have your configure folder as well. Configure folder is pretty much everything server related uh, settings. Um, plugins you want to initialize uh, for happy um, logging you want to change the directory send it someplace else um, and so uh, the yeah so that's kind of the basic idea of the structure all right okay sounds great so it's a pretty nice simple structure it's easy to find your find your way around in there and then I guess the uh, the gulp file.js is where you configure gulp and that's yes just and and instead of being a some kind of a DSL style, it's it's really just JavaScript. So that's kind of a nice, nice thing to to use. Yeah, the uh, the the plugin. There's a couple plugins that I, I I've set up for this project because uh, I wanted to make assets easier uh, on the front end, um, as well as uh, being able to access it on the back end because um, assets are. It's funny how assets are not really based off of the server because they're on the front end, but at the same time, they still have to kind of change um, based off whatever the server is doing. And so uh, there's a, you know, an assets plugin uh, we can go into um, that I, I believe is extremely important so that way it minifies and concatenates all the files um, if you're actually running in production. So and that's based off of the gulp. So, yeah. Okay. So uh, so let's just talk about that a little bit. So what uh, so how does that work? So it's uh, assets are in. He says assets in the assets JS file. As, just a simple assets JS file. So okay. um, 
it's uh, you list out any assets you uh, have in there for that you want to be shown in development, and then you list them out uh, how you want them to be shown in production. Um, Gulp will end up actually taking everything into development and minifying it into the production. So you, whenever you run Gulp, it'll automatically put those um, however you need. The development side is going to be printed out using Twig, um, the templating engine. It's actually going to print um, all of your CSS files and all your JavaScript files. It's not minified. It's just the base, hey, this is development. And then if you go to production, it'll use Twig to print out the production CSS and JavaScript. And so um, you can just print that assets.js. And it'll, based off of which environment you're running, it'll actually print out the right uh, assets on the front end. So that way you don't have to, um, you know, that way it's not uh, that way it's not separate. So you can actually manage uh, your assets um, properly. Anyway, yeah, yeah, sounds great. And how does it? Um, so when you're running in production, is that uh, is that how is that designated? Is that by the Node ENV environment yes. variable? Okay. Yeah, it it uh, it, it uh, goes off of that. So maybe you have an environment. Um, that is test. Maybe you have a test environment. Uh, you could actually using the assets uh, plugin. If in the assets full, uh, file, assets.js file, you can say test, and then you could also do JS and CSS and do other stuff. Um, so it's going to be off of the Node environment. Okay, perfect. Sounds great. So uh, another uh, plugin I see you've listed in your uh, README is uh, the Happy Named Routes. So, yeah. So how's that work? Um, the happy named routes. So in large websites, some of the issues that you can run into, because uh, I've done uh, websites for a lot of marketing people, um, and uh, a named route is a lot easier than hard coding a route. Um, so a lot of people just hard code their routes into the menu system. Um, I'm against that. Um, in Symphony 2, a PHP the framework, um, they have named routes. And so you can actually just print, you can type in the name, and it'll give you that route. So if all of a sudden you're, somebody in the back end says, we need to change our route for SEO purposes, or um, I, that means I have to go through the whole website. And if you're talking about a 600-page website, it, you know, you're doing a lot of... Uh, that's a lot of changes when it could be in one spot. And so the happy named route, what it does is um, on your routes, you can name it, pretty simple. <laughs> and then from there, uh, you just uh, in Twig on the front end or in Jade or any other templating language you can use, um, just put in uh, path.about. And then immediately it'll, it'll know that that is the route based off of the controller. So you don't have to worry about... Um, you know, screwing up the routes, changing things, or putting in the wrong path, um, it's done in one spot. Okay. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, I can see that. I can see how that would be great for for making it easy to, to change things and then not having to go back through all the code and, and HTML or whatever and, and update all those things. So if they're all if they're all uh, living in one spot, then it makes it easy to change in the future and, and you've got one place to go. So Yes. Sounds great. I guess another... Uh, plugin that you've used is the Happy uh, Cache Buster. So what, what yeah. does that do? 
Uh, it's a little plugin. It's very simple. Uh, so in on the front end, uh, when you have CSS files or JavaScript files and you change them, but you don't change the name, um, it ends up uh, screwing up uh, your what your customer is seeing if all of a sudden you make changes and you say, well, okay, reload it. I mean, let me go ahead and clear the cache, then reload it. And so um, those aren't things you want to handle. Uh, that's not a conversation you want to tell your customer when you're building their site. So Happy Cache Buster, what it does is it'll go off the package uh, version for your node application. So it goes to the package.json file and it gets the version of your uh, application and it actually prints that on the end of any assets you want. So you on, in, on the very end of any asset, all you have to do is um, put uh, asset, I believe, cache on the end uh, in the twig variable. And then, so it'll just pull it in and uh, Happy will automatically take care of it. It pulls the right file and uh, it you don't have to worry about, you know, so if the if you need your cache broke, uh, broken or busted, uh, you need to bust your cache, then you just increase your package number by one. And so you can also, if uh, you don't want to go by package, uh, your package file number, you can actually designate a string uh, to change it as well. So. All right, sounds good. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely something that you when you're sitting there uh, trying to figure out, uh, or when you're deploying new code and you're working with it, you don't you don't want to be uh, have the cache being in your way. So sometimes no, when, you're, when you're when you're developing, it's it's a pain. So <laughs> yeah, it is. So all right, so then uh, so then the folder structure we talked about was uh, the public and and the server folder, keeping things separate. There, front end stuff goes in public, and server has the server side. Yes. So. And then you talk a little bit here about um, about you know when you want to change from a full uh, full front end app uh, like PhoneGap to a front end and server app, and um, you can keep the the structure the same. So explain that a little bit more. So um, I've done a lot of different uh, websites, uh, different styles. Um, some are just simple. Um, you know, single page applications to, uh, or sorry, single page, you know, just a couple little pages or a single page application to, or something a little more complex. Uh, and the folder structure, uh, I always felt should be separate um, from the front end to the back end. Because if all of a sudden I want to use this boilerplate for something, whether it be for a phone gap application, I should be able to use that. Not have to, oh, let me rename my folders and move things around to, so that way it suits you know, how I would work in, because I'm not using the server, I'm actually doing it differently. Um, so by having them, you know, here's your public folder, here's your server folder. If all of a sudden somebody wanted to say, you know, completely change out the public folder, they could, or, you know, change the CSS or, I mean, right now you could actually just delete the public folder and put your own stuff there and it would still work fine. And then same thing with the server is just, you know, it's uh, an amazing, just simple little server, so uh, it keeps them separate. Separation of concern is important. So, awesome. All right. So, what else? Uh, what else have I forgotten that we should talk about for people that want to get started with your boilerplate? Um, just the biggest deal. I I put a lot of comments in the in the code, so when people are reading, uh, I encourage them to actually read the comments uh, and uh, take advantage of the things that I've 
you know, stumbled across or learned uh, because uh, there's no reason that we can't be learning on top of each other a lot faster. So definitely read all the code comments. Um, you might learn some things that you weren't expecting. Um, I know I have by reading other people's comments. And uh, besides that, just uh, play around with it. Build a, a little website. Uh, change some of the view templates up a little bit. Um, yeah. Okay. That sounds great. Yeah. And I guess one other question I thought about uh, while I was... Uh uh, while you're talking there was was the upgrade to happy 3.0 what uh what did that entail was it uh, uh, uh it fairly was, easy yeah i was oh i was actually sweating no i'm just kidding um it was easy the uh i think i changed the version numbers was the hardest part i did <laughs> okay so um i made sure the plugins worked i made sure uh, you know there weren't any issues but i probably spent uh, 15 minutes going through it, you know, once I, uh, 15 minutes to do it and about, you know, 30 minutes of just playing around testing, making sure there weren't any issues. But, um, the way the Walmart labs guys are handling the new, ver the versioning, uh, they're trying not to make a whole bunch of breaking changes, just making it simple and streamlined and easy. So, uh, my hat's off to them again. Yeah. So yeah, it was easy. That's no problems. Great. Sounds good. That sounds good. Yeah. I, that's a wonderful thing. So, all right. So then, uh, so then, are you uh, accepting uh, contributions uh, if people come up with some good ideas or how to improve your uh, the project? Yeah, um, the biggest deal is I think Happy uh, JS uh, originally uh, it was it's kind of for a great API uh, based framework, but. Uh, Looking at it, um, comparing it to other frameworks, I actually think it's uh, one of the most superior. Uh, just even uh, web servers uh, to handle front end uh, dynamic content, you know, serving up the actual views. Um, I would say if people can come up with uh, new ideas, new plugins, or um, new solutions to maybe some old problems that they've seen, like I have, um, and bring it to the table so that way everybody can take advantage of it. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, just uh, see what you can, if you have ideas, and help out. Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big proponent of the open source and contributing back, too. I think that's, uh, I've learned so much myself from, from looking at open source, and so it's, uh, yes. you know, it's really, uh, it's it's a wonderful thing to be able to share and uh, help each other uh, and I think this is a great, you know, a great project to get people going. If they're especially if they're trying to learn, happy and uh, and uh, like like uh, you, I really like happy myself and want to get the word out about it. I think it's it is uh, one of the best frameworks uh, I've seen, and I really like what the Walmart guys have been doing with that. And uh, it's 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 fun stuff, fun, exciting. Yes, it is good technology. <laughs> and um, so let's see what else. Uh, what other kind of projects uh, are you interested in these days, or uh, the things that you're looking at, or things that you might want to mention to to the audience? Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm actually going to be. Uh, hopefully, I've been working on a, a personal project, side project for a couple months now, um, and hopefully in the next uh, month or two, uh, I'll have it released. <clears throat> it's called Everstain, uh, E V E R S T A I N, two words. But the uh, it one. That's kind of how I really uh, started falling in love with Node is I really wanted to, uh, once I played around with it, I knew that it was a good fit for the project. But uh, it's a website about being remembered 
for uh, uh, re being remembered for when we're alive as well as uh, when we pass away. Uh, it's kind of like a legacy website, so um, just uh, look out for it. It's not out yet. Um, hopefully in the next uh, month or two I will uh, have it out, so it would be everstain.com. I'm excited. I, I have a, a nice uh, graphic designer worked up uh, a great logo and some uh, good stuff, and so I'm looking forward to having that out. So. That's kind of my passion project. <laughs> yeah, awesome. So it will be uh, e v e r s t a i n dot com. Yes. Okay. Yep. Great. Everstain. Okay. Awesome. And uh, any other projects that uh, that you think that uh, would be good for us to review on Codewinds in the future? Not off the top of my head. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think. Uh, I mean, I think it'd be interesting to have uh, maybe even uh, the guy who uh, Don and Swig. I think it's Paul Armstrong. You could see if he'd want to do because I know uh, he. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, open source, and he's definitely helped out a lot on uh, the Swig project and and uh, you know giving back to the community. So I definitely maybe consider looking into somebody like that for just kind of on the front end. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. And how should people, uh, if they want to keep in touch or keep follow on you, follow follow you, what uh, what's the best way to do that, and uh, where should I lead them? Uh, you can find me on GitHub at uh, Poetic Ninja, P-O-E-T-I-C-N-I-N-J-A, and also on Twitter, Poetic Ninja. So uh, follow me. I'm a big fan of other developers sharing. So uh, that's uh, my biggest thing is uh, share with me. I'll share back. Let's uh, see how we can help each other become better developers. All right, Saul. I appreciate, uh, appreciate you taking the time today. It's, it's a great interview, and I'm glad to, to learn more about your, your boilerplate and all the other projects you're working on. And just thank you for your time. Thank you, Jeff. It was a pleasure. I'm glad I could uh, be on. All right. Thanks. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Code Wins with Saul Maddox. I would love to hear what you think about this interview or the technologies we discussed. Happy Ninja, Swig, and Gulp. Head over to codewinds.com slash five and leave me a message. If you would like to subscribe to this podcast, there are buttons near the top of the show notes where you can subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and RSS. Also, if you would like to help others find this podcast, please give a quick rating on iTunes and that will help boost our visibility in the iTunes directory. Until next time, this is Jeff Barczewski with CodeWinds. Music by Audionautics.com <laughs>